Hi, I'm Amanda. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of the Best Life Moms Club and hosts of That Pregnancy Podcast. We are two moms with a bunch of kids under the age of three. Five to be exact. And we know firsthand how hard it is to be a mom. So we're talking about all the topics that no one ever talked to us about. And not only is it hard being a mom, but it can be lonely and isolating, which is another reason why we're here to help moms like you know that you're not alone. Now, it's important to know that we are not doctors or medical professionals in any way. So always talk to your doctor or healthcare provider with any questions or concerns about your health or the health of your baby. We are moms sharing our lived experience and talking about all things pregnancy and life as a mom. So let's have a chat. Hello and welcome to That Pregnancy Podcast. This week is part two of things we wish we knew before becoming a mom. So if you listened to last week's episode, which was part one, we told you that this was inspired by a discussion in our private mommy mentorship Facebook group where one of the ladies had asked the other ladies what they wish they knew before becoming a mom and everyone gave such wonderful little tips and pieces of advice that we asked their consent if we could share it with you. They thought it was a great idea, so it has led to this two-part series on things that we all wish we knew before we became a mom. If you are looking for a positive and supportive space to connect with other moms, you should definitely check out our mommy mentorship program. It has amazing moms in it and it's really interesting to see the moms at different phases of the first year of having a baby. Some of our new our moms are still expecting, some have just had their babies and some are approaching a year and there is a lot of camaraderie and support in this group. So if that's something you're looking for, check us out. It's mommymentorship.com. With that, here's the episode. Now let's continue on with the discussion. So we are going to start off with our next piece of advice from one of our moms. And she said that it is totally fine to just go with the flow and go off script if you need to. She said that she's someone who, you know, loved to plan and was definitely a huge planner before coming, becoming a mom. And then, you know, with everything prior to COVID, she was, she loved to plan. And the reality was that she just, when she had her baby, she had to learn that it was okay. Life happens. Um, and her thing was that it's okay to kind of go off the plan, but that her life got a lot better when she was trying not to cram so many things into one day. And a big piece of this, I think, and I completely agree with this one is like to give yourself grace, not to jam pack your days. Because when you kind of give yourself time and space in the day, it's okay to not do something. Yeah, and it's okay if you just want to stay at home with your baby and do nothing, right? Like if you assuming that you're not working, <laughs> if you're working, you might have to go to work. But um, 
yeah, it's okay to say, no, I don't want to go and do something with somebody else because you just can't do it, right? Like you're exhausted and you need the time to relax, right? Well, and I, this one, like this one is so, so true to me. And like what this mom said is very, you know, it really strikes a chord because I, very much, you know, I plan my day, I try and put a lot of stuff in my day. And I put a lot of pressure in, on myself to do like to meet all my goals. And then, you know, if I even if I only put out a goal of one or two things, like today, I'm gonna, you know, tidy up, or I'm gonna do something and set that goal. And you know, life happens and life happens very quickly when you're a mom. So things change. And it's important to, you know, go with the flow. And there were, there are times I will say were, but there are also times still where I just feel like I got nothing done because one of my kids is like a baby is sick and all they want to do is like cuddle or they need to be, you know, it's, they're just, you know, when babies get really clean and they just, you know, they're going through a leap, they're teething, they're not feeling well, or they just want mom. And it's just like, okay. Or you have a bad night of sleep and there's no sleep and, and it's just like oh guess I didn't get anything done and then I it took me has taken me a lot of time to be not judge myself for not getting anything done that day when those events happen yeah when those events happen you just kind of have to go with the flow right because you're right there's nothing you can do but take care of your child yeah um I know for me before I had kids, everything was very planned out and I had like lists of stuff. And then when the kids came along, the first little bit, I just kind of hunkered down and didn't really leave home too much. But even when I was planning stuff out, I wouldn't plan them multiple days in a row. Like I would do one on like Monday and one on like Wednesday and one on Friday. So I would kind of space it. Uh, because I found that that was a lot more manageable for me. You almost need like a recovery day. Yeah. And the thing is, like, if you had to go out and say it screwed up nap time, well, then nap time would be normal the next day. Right. Yeah. Um, so I just found it kept the kids on schedule. And sometimes I would just I wouldn't do necessarily do three things a week. You know, sometimes I do two things a week, but like I would always make sure that I wasn't doing something two days in a row. Um, I just found that that worked out better for me. And then Keith always laughs now because he's always like, so what do you have planned today? And I'm like, nothing. And he's like, what do you mean you have nothing planned? Keep in mind, the kids are older now. I'm like, I don't know. Like, I'll see what they want to do. Like, um, so he's always laughing at me because the thing is, I can't get any of the things that I want to get done. Like there's things around the house that I need to do uh, when I'm watching the kids. So I've just kind of been like, whatever, like to that stuff. And then, you know, the kids, they're at the age where they're like, they want to do this or they want to do that. So I've just kind of learned to go with the flow of everything. Now the kids are in school, so things are a little bit more structured for us. But yeah, up until school happened, it suddenly became kind of like, uh, I'm just going to go with the flow. And he's like, how do you not know what you're doing today? And I'm like, you know, I just, I don't. Right. And especially with COVID, like, cause we haven't planned play dates and stuff like that. It was, it's just kind of been up in the air. So. 
For, which is something I, something I never thought would happen to me, right? Is n- like having a day that wasn't planned. <laughs> for me, one of the big parts was that was a big adjustment. And it still is uh, like, is that um, like when I had Freya, like before I had Freya, you know, I love to cook. So dinner was like a really elaborate for Peter and I, like dinner was a really elaborate meal. Like it was a a full, full, full meal of like, and not like huge quantities, but like I would have like a protein and then like a couple of different sides. And, you know, I put a lot of work into our, into our dinners because I love to cook and I could. And then when I had Freya, I was like, okay, like, it's not going to be hard, like a baby, like, I'll be able to, you know, still do our regular dinners. Dinners are something that I struggle with now. And I did with Freya was because, you know, spending an hour and a half or two hours making dinner wasn't realistic anymore for me. And it was like, oh, okay, so I really had to kind of adjust my expectations of myself of what type of dinner I put out. Um, and, you know, there would be, be days that I would be with Freya and, you know, something would happen. She was not, wasn't feeling well or just things were sleeping was off and she was in a developmental leap. And, and I would just be like, okay, I had planned my dinner because I had planned the meals for the week. And, and I'm like, oh, there's no way that I'm going to be able to make you know, what I planned. And then I'm like, oh, okay, so I guess we're ordering pizza tonight. Like Peter would come home, like, what's for dinner? I'm like, oh, I think we're ordering pizza because I haven't gotten around to eat, like making dinner and now we don't have time. And so that was a really big change. And then I would feel really down on myself being like, what, like, what a waste. Like, I can't even make a dinner for us and take care of a baby. But ultimately, it doesn't matter what we're like, it doesn't matter. Like I'm taking care of the baby. That is the main priority. And that's what she needed in that moment. I'll still be able to, you know, at some point I'll be able to make my elaborate dinners. And as the more kids you add and the older they get and the pickier eating that they get is, uh, it changes your perspective on dinners for sure. Because uh, just, it's just hard sometimes. Well, yeah, it's hard to plan dinner for people who aren't picky let alone picky eaters yeah but like really like giving myself grace is something that I have a you know is important and it's been a big 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 learning curve for me to give myself the grace that it's okay to not do what I expected to do when I expected to do it because the reality is that's not always possible when you're a mom yeah when you're a mom like a lot of stuff just kind of goes out the window right like I always joke that I had like all these these various plans and then they never get done. So <laughs> Keith always laughs because we had our bathroom was renovated right before the boys were born. So they put in uh, new plastic plumbing and a mouse came into the house and ate through the plastic plumbing <laughs> because <laughs> we moved the laundry upstairs and it didn't get sealed off properly by the contractor. <laughs> and that's where we figured the mouse came in the house. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, so I was like, don't worry, I'll paint the ceiling. And Caroline is about to turn three, and the ceiling's still not painted. So just the spot in the kitchen. But that he always is like, yeah, see, you were going to do that. I'm like, when have I had time to do that? Right? Because, like, 
as a mom, you're always prioritizing your children and other things. So things like that, that's not an important project kind of flies out the window. No, you're, you're totally right. Right. So you have to give yourself grace that you're in the season of life where there's some things that just aren't going to get done. Right. Cause you're too busy being involved with your children. And that's not a bad thing, right? That's a very good thing because, you know, you're going to have this close knit relationship and, you know, you're being very hands on. Uh, and then eventually your kids are going to be a little bit older and they're going to want to play by themselves or they'll, they'll want to go off with friends. So, you know, you just kind of have to enjoy every season while it's here because it definitely doesn't last forever. Well, and that's like really resonant too, of like when you are in your fourth trimester and you come home, you know, because what's important is that you, you bond with your baby and sometimes bonding is hard and you need to make that extra effort and taking the time and giving yourself the grace not to do whatever to-do list you have and taking the time and doing skin to skin and just cuddling and getting to know your baby. That is what's important. And that's what your baby wants and what your baby needs. And so it's okay to do that. That is one thing that um, I think is really important is just like giving, letting yourself just get to know in that, that fourth trimester, the first six weeks of postpartum, you know, getting to know your baby, bonding, and just taking that one-on-one time. And if that means that you are just sitting on your couch with your baby, watching TV and Netflix, like, enjoy that. Because like you said, it won't last forever. And for all our, you know, a lot of our American moms and moms-to-be, um, you, they're, the, uh, maternity leaves, if you get one, are extremely short when compared to Canadian and other country leaves. So, um, you know, use that time that you have, that really special time to enjoy getting to know your baby. And, you know, it, because like you said, it doesn't last forever and it is brief. It really is brief no matter how long the days and nights feel. It really is a short amount of time. Okay, so on to our next uh, our next piece of advice. And that comes from one of our moms who said, if something feels good for you or your uh, for you or about your baby and it works well for your specific s- situation, that's okay. It doesn't, even if it's not a popular choice at the time, it no one else has your baby. So trust your gut and do what is right for you um, because your gut your mom gut will serve you very, very well. And that is something that takes time to learn to trust your gut, your mom gut, because it is a very powerful thing for sure. Yeah. As long as your baby's safe, there's a lot of things that don't really matter. Like it doesn't matter if the baby's breastfed or formula fed, right? It doesn't matter if you choose to have a co-sleeper or, you know, your kid's in the nursery in the crib right from the get-go right i've got friends who've done both right you do what works for you and your situation and and you make sure it's you, safe yeah as long as it's safe then no problem doing whatever you feel is best for your you and your baby yeah 
And if your baby gets older and, you know, if you choose to do purees as opposed to baby led weaning, then that, you know, there's no right or wrong to that, no matter what the kind of trend is happening or, or, um, you know, if I, I, for example, love baby wearing you, for example, don't love baby wearing, right? Like (laughs) it's what works best for you. Yeah, exactly. It's funny that you say the baby led weaning which is very popular right now it wasn't so talked about when like the boys and freya were first born no when they were babies it was just like it was not a conversation so much like it was more so with finn and caroline i think and it definitely is with Maeve. but like like you said like with the boys and freya i don't it wasn't a conversation that was had of like oh are you going to do baby led weaning or are you going to do purees it was kind of just purees were kind of the thing yeah and it's funny because um i know like with Maeve, you've done a little bit of baby wed leaning i think she's kind of doing both isn't she i would say that she does more baby led weaning um as opposed to purees um because of convenience but i will say i do purees because of the convenience, if that makes sense. Like I am exploring and making a conscious effort to try baby led weaning. Um, and I like it. Um, it is, you know, it kind of takes mom nerves of steel at the beginning. Cause you know, the choke, the fear of choking and the reality of that is, is, um, very real. Um, but there are days where I'm like, Oh girl, sorry, you're just going to have some puree. Like, I don't have time to like give you separate something that I'm making and not season it or not season it so hard. And it's just, sometimes it's like, okay, we're just for convenience. I'm going to feed you. You're getting a pouch today. Sorry. Or you're getting some puree that I have in the freezer um, for the convenience of, of feeding all three kids at once. But you're the perfect example though, right? Like you do what feels best for you in your current situation so what was might have been best when freya was born was pureeing and i know you like you loved making the purees and stuff oh i i loved it and you know what i didn't go out of my way like the purees i give me it's still the same stuff that we're eating it's just i'm not giving it to her whole like as a whole food i'm blitzing it up Um, and so that's what I did with Freya too. Like I made specific baby food as well in purees, but I also would just take what we're eating for dinner, throw it in my mini blender and give her that. Um, we did the same. Like once you've introduced more food, like you have to slowly introduce them, but then once you're to the point that you can do that and just blend whatever you're eating, that's what we ended up doing too. Yeah. Then now like you're a more seasoned mom. So when you're more seasoned, you become a little bit more comfortable with things, right? Like the likelihood of you doing baby led weaning with Freya might've been slimmer, even if it was, was more talked about at the time. Yeah. And you know what, you're probably right. And, and, you know, it specific to Freya's case as well, which is what one of our members said, like you look at what is best for you and your baby. So like Freya, for whatever reason, per, perhaps because of her prematurity, she would choke on everything she ate all the time. And I'm talking, she would choke on purees. Like she just, and that wasn't like, oh, I started the food too early. Like 
we, she was giving me the readiness signs. Like she was ready physically. She said like, you know, all the signs were there saying she was ready. And even as she got older, she was still choking on them. It was just, she was a choker, I guess. I couldn't imagine giving her like whole foods as maybe wet lead weaning because like she was choking on purees, but like, you're right. I do have a level of confidence but more different baby yeah more seasoned mom now so now you're trying something new which you might not have done earlier yeah right and with, so and, and there's there's no good like it's not like either way is bad they're just different exactly right? and it's what's comfort what you're comfortable with i was definitely not being comfortable with freya i was still not very comfortable and for uh with finn until he got you know a little bit probably more older, closer towards a year. It was still, I maybe dabbled in it here and there and may for sure. I started, I, I, I would say I probably do a 60, 40 baby wed, baby lead weaning, um, purees maybe, but the purees quite often are because of convenience and time of me feeding all three kids at once. Well, that kind of illustrates what she was saying when she says, you know, do what feels good for you and your baby, and what your specific situation is, because it's okay. Whatever you choose, babies, as long as your baby's safe, it's okay. And like both purees in this example and baby led weaning are both talked about, right? As being ways to feed babies. So, yeah. Yeah. So you're right. That is a really good example. And she also was talking about, um, it, she says, if questions arise, be very tactful with who you seek advice from. So like seek advice from like a trusted doctor, a supportive family member, or she says this amazing group, which is our mommy mentorship group. <laughs> we love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so when she says be tactful, she means you want to talk to someone who will give you like a true full honest opinion without hurting your emotions or feelings so someone who's not going to make you feel judged or like you're a bad mom right but someone who will give you kind of solid advice without the judgment yeah and that's what it is is that it's it's without judgment because everyone's situation is different yeah everyone's situation is different and i think people especially moms like we need to be respectful of other moms and uh you know they get to decide what works for them and their baby and you know like we always say as long as your baby's safe and loved then that's what matters so moving on to our next one and that was one of our moms saying that she didn't know about uh when she could stop feeding on demand uh, once her baby reached an appropriate weight and was continually gaining and sustaining weight. Um, and that often, again, kind of that actually can tie into our, you know, our, um, our last topic and piece of advice from one of our moms is because some people love feeding on demand and don't, and then other moms are like, okay, like I'm ready to get onto a schedule, right? It's what fits well for you and what works best for you. So, um, but it's true. Like, you know, you can, once you feel comfortable and you've spoken with your doctor, 
Um, and that's a really good question to speak with your doctor or your pediatrician about, you know, when can I get more, if that's something that you want, when can I start this? When can I stop feeding on demand and do more of a structured feed, right? Because your doctor, your midwife, uh, your pediatrician knows you and your baby and your individual situation. And so that's important, an important conversation if that's what you want to have with your doctor. Um, but one of the other things around feeding that this mom uh, shared with us is that she didn't know the difference between, you know, actual nursing. She's a breastfeeding mom. So the difference between actual eating and sucking and just soothing sucking. And there is very much a different uh, difference between the two of them for sure. I've heard other moms talk about the same thing, right? Where the the baby just wants the boob in the mouth constantly, right? Because it's a soothing piece. Yeah. Well, because one of the soothing reflexes is a sucking soothing. It, like sucking is a soothing mechanism for babies. Um, and there is very much a difference between sucking for to be soothed and sucking to uh, be nourished. And so a nourishing suck is a really, is a deep one. Um, I always, you always look for like the, I always view it as a deep, a deep suck. So it's whole mouth uh, to look for the jaw movement or wiggling in the ears. So that's one of the signs for like, especially new newborns, you probably, you might not see their jaw move, but if you can see their ears move, that's a, that is a sucking, um, like a, a nourishing suck, where as opposed to for my kids, when they're doing a soothing suck, it's very um, like front of mouth. It's a shallow latch and it's a shallow um, suck. So it's more of their lips that's moving, if that makes sense. That's interesting. See, I don't know much about it because I didn't breastfeed, right? Yeah. So like Maeve does it all the, like I, Maeve does it all the time. So like she'll, Maeve falls asleep. So I, I nurse Maeve to sleep. Um, like, and so, you know, she'll be deep latch, deep power mouth. And like, you can see her jaw, you can see her move, her ears move. Um, you can hear the sucking noises. Sometimes you can hear the milk coming out and shooting down, shooting out. Um, and then as she falls asleep, she's still latched on and she's still sucking. Like I can feel the slight tug on my nipple, but like she's still latched, she's still sucking. But when you look at her, it's very much just around her lips. Um, and then it's, a and then I can, once I see that and like her eyes are closed, she's clearly asleep. Um, I can break the latch and then I use a soother or like a pacifier. And so I shove that in and we continue on with our cuddle and, you know, lay her down to bed. So, um, but there definitely is a difference between nourishing suck and soothing suck. And uh, it's something that you kind of just have to pay attention to look for those subtle changes um, because well, I can tell with Maeve and like with my kids that they're set, the difference between their sex, it might not be the same as, you know, somebody else's baby. Um, but generally, I would say that it like from my experience, it's a soothing suck is more shallow and it's more around the front of mouth lip area. Um, but drinking from the lactation consultants and all my nurses that I've dealt with in the NICUs and the nurseries and everything is, you know, that they're drinking if their ears are moving. 
Hmm, that's interesting. The uh, sucking and it being shallow, that makes sense, right? Because, you know, they don't need the whole boob in the mouth then. But yeah, huh, interesting. But still fully latched and like a tight latch. It's just like, it's just like a little yum, 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 yum kind of suck. Yeah. <laughs> you want to do that again? Yum, 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 yum. It's funny. So the last one we have is, and this one was actually mine um, that I threw out to the group because I, while I agreed and was like, yes, I love this one. Yes, I love this one. Oh, this one was so good. I didn't know this one. Like as we were going through, I was like, oh, I have something that I need to share something. And so um, one of the ones that I came up with, actually the one I came up with is, um, and this was really, really hard for me and can still be, but I think it's really important is that it's okay to allow others to take care of you in your postpartum phase. Um, in your fourth trimester, you know, having people take care of you to let you relax, recover, and um, just connect with your baby doesn't make you weak. Um, and I don't know why I have this notion and why I feel like I, this is what happens when I have a baby is like, when I am like immediately postpartum, I get kind of get this like mindset of like, I have to do everything and I have to take care of everybody and I have to do everything by myself to show that I'm strong and I'm capable and like, and it's so, so wrong. And then it takes me like, Peter has to call me out on it and there's usually a fight and then I'm like, okay. And then I kind of back down, but it ha it's happened with all three of them. And I think it's really important to how to let people take care of you because my life gets so much easier when I let people help and I let people take care of me so that I can take care of the baby. Um, but that one has been a really hard one for me. It was really hard with Freya, really hard. I've progressively gotten a little bit better with each, with each baby, but it still takes Peter to call me out on it. He just learned to call me out on it earlier. <laughs> well, it's funny because for me, with the boys, I needed lots of help. So I had organized help for the first three months. Uh, and then I still had some help after, like my parents live close by and stuff. But I didn't have as much help with Caroline. And I kind of regretted that um, because the boys were running around. And I think everyone kind of figured I had twins first. So I would be able to handle one baby, no problem. <laughs> and I got through it, but it was definitely a lot harder than I thought it was going to be, uh, mainly because I had two two-year-olds as well. And so, yeah, like asking for lots of help for the first three months while you're in the fourth trimester. And yeah, not for a couple weeks. Like if you've got someone in your life who's retired, like your mom, your dad, your mother-in-law, uh, father-in-law, um, a close family friend, like yeah, it's okay to have someone come once a week for an afternoon to hold the baby or watch the baby while you have an app, right? It's okay that you and your husband, you know, get each get to have a nap on the weekends. Like, it's okay for other people to watch your baby so that they can take care of you. Or I'm, I, I, one of the biggest things for me, though, is like, let somebody, and I know I already talked about dinner, but like, let other people take, make dinner. I don't have to make dinner. Somebody else can make, like, it's not even like looking after, you know, taking the care of the baby. It's 
let them take care of me. That's see both both times I had people delivering meals to me. So that was kind of taken care of. But I still felt, especially with Caroline, that like I wasn't getting as much sleep and stuff. And that was where that wore on me, definitely. So for me, taking care of me was me getting sleep. And I've always known that I'm like huge on sleep, right? Whereas like, I guess I had already had the meals put in place. So, and it's funny because one of the ladies in our group, because I'm always talking about meal trains, right? And how um, actually the first time I had people dropping meals off and stuff, but the second time one of my friends set up this meal train And so one of the ladies in our group through her church actually sets up meal trains now, which is amazing, right? So she sets up meal trains for new moms, which is uh, a huge, huge help. So yeah, yeah. so if you're, if meals is where it's at, you don't want to worry about meals, like hit up meal train, it's, it's free. Um, And then you can send out an email and people just drop off a completely done meal for you on a specific date, but yeah, make sure you're, you're nourishing your body and you're getting sleep. Like you got to take care of yourself, but it's okay to let other people take care of you. That's, that's what I mean. You got to make sure you're taken care of. So other people are going to have to take care of you. And that's a bit, that's always a hard one for me because I don't know why I just get in this mindset of like, I have to do everything all by myself. And then it leads to a fight And then I'm like, oh yeah, like I'm not in this by myself. It's just, I just kind of, I get in this kind of mode of like, do, 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 do. And then I need to kind of be woken up and be like, no, you don't have to do it all by yourself. Um, And I wish I, with Freya, especially, I wish I let people take care of me as of me, as opposed to me taking care of other people. Like I, looking back, I did not let other people take care of me. I didn't. And I regret it. Um, and I could have perhaps, I don't know. Yeah. I, I just, I didn't do it with Freya and I regret it. And I think I made my, 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 you know, initial postpartum period more difficult than it needed to be because I was trying to, I'm, I am independent to a fault. Like that's just my personality. And I think I made it more challenging for myself than I needed it to be. It's funny because my mom both times just kind of automatically came in to mother me, if that makes sense. Right. My mom was very close to us, but yeah, she's like, I, she's like, I just need to like, make sure you're okay and stuff. So, um, Yeah. So my mom was there in the fourth trimester with Caroline as well, but like there were other people that could have helped out because my mom works and stuff, but she was still taking one day off a week to help out. But, you know, my dad's retired. I should have got him to come and, and, you know, sit and watch the kids so I could have a nap. Yeah. Like my mom, my mom with Freya, like my mom was here and she was, she was helping and everything, but I, I was still, you know, like, Oh no, you sit and cuddle with Freya. I'll do the la- like I'll do the laundry. I'll get, you know, I'll clean up. I'll do the vacuum. Like I'll do all that stuff. Whereas that was all stuff that she could have done. And, you know, once the initial like phase ended and it was, you know, I was more into a couple weeks. I was, 
out of the fourth trimester, that's when I really embrace the do nothing and kind of sit and relax and sit in the day, you know, and spend the day with, with Freya. Um, and I do also know I did this very much so um, after my miscarriage as well. I was like, I didn't want people to think that I was not okay when I wasn't okay, but I was pretending that I was okay. So I just like did everything and took care of everybody else when I needed somebody to take care of me. Um, and so like, I am, you know, hindsight, I am fully aware that that's what I did and I shouldn't have done that. Well, and I think that like by sharing all these pieces of advice, like all of our hindsight collectively, hopefully it can help some of our listeners uh, navigate their fourth trimester and uh, know how to deal with some of these hurdles that we all faced. Thank you for listening to this episode of That Pregnancy Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for an upcoming show, we would love to hear from you. You can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Best Life Moms Club. Until next time.